Ephesians chapter 5, 18 to 21. Please follow in the reading of the Word of God. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, and be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Father, teach us. This is a very critical text for a believer. And yet, Father, uh, just in my small world, so many do not understand nor appropriate the power and the promises which have been given to each of us. So, Lord, I pray you will help this church walk worthy in humility and love and knowledge, being filled with your Spirit. In Christ's name, amen. Okay. I think I mentioned this this morning in Sunday school. I'd give anything if somebody would have taught me this when I got saved about being Spirit-filled. It would have saved me uh, very large amounts of heartache. But uh, I didn't. I was saved under the era of the church that I call the Council of the uh, Converted. The church mission was to convert people, to get people saved. Then I learned later that that is not what the church is for. It is to make disciples. And I know, I know why many prefer the converted thing because that's easy. Come say a prayer. Let's cry a little bit. I'll dunk you in the tub and let's move on. We'll get some more. We'll do the same thing. Discipleship means that you have to walk with your life exposed to other people so that they can see the scars that you bear, but they can see, as Stephen Olford used to say, they can see the Word of God fleshed out. And uh, there are a lot of people who profess Christ and you question whether they possess Christ. And it's, uh, I guess the easiest way for me to acknowledge it and see it is how many people love themselves more than the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, because what we love is evident, isn't it? I mean, I've never had any problem spotting it. What a person has a passion for, they let you know. And you see it in their lives. And I think that part of that is they're missing the command of be spirit-filled. Okay, now you got to remember, we've got all of this stuff that came before on what we possess just being a Christian. I mean, I've only been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Minor detail. Okay? I have been redeemed. I have been forgiven. I am dwelt in the inner man by the Spirit of the living God who strengthens me so that Christ in me is completely comfortable. He is at home in me. And I will know the fullness of God. I can do exceedingly abundantly beyond whatever I could think or imagine. 
Other than that, I'm kind of on my own. That's already there. But then we're told to walk worthy. And I find it fascinating because the first part of walking, the first point of walking worthy is what? The complete opposite of our world. Humility. I was talking about that in Sunday school this morning. I don't know how you read this book and have an ounce of pride. I don't know how you do it. Yet, I know the attack. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. Pride of life. But it's we have victory over that. That's what the first three chapters say. But we are to walk in humility. We are not to walk as know-it-alls. Because inevitably, we like to tell you what I know. And I remember a few times in my walk with Christ, people would ask me, well, you're a pastor? And I don't remember what, well, yeah, I remember one of the questions. Where did sin come from? And I said, I don't know. What? Don't know. I know where it works at now. It comes from inside me. Where did it come from? It couldn't have come from inside Adam and Eve. It had to come from outside. But you know what I do know? The Bible didn't tell me, so I don't have to worry about it. Because if he didn't tell me what it was, it's evidently not an issue. Okay? But people freak out when it passes. I don't know. And then I've seen people give some kind of rambling answer. And I'm like, that's going to come back and bite you. Because <laughs> I don't have any problem at all saying, oh, beats me. Had somebody asked me, when do you think Jesus is going to come? I said, I don't know. But when he shows up, there'll be no doubt in anybody's mind. Okay? But this being spirit-filled is amazing to me. How many believers have no concept of this? And yet in your outline, being spirit-filled has consequences. It has consequences with myself. It has consequences with God. It has consequences with believers. And one, it ain't on your outline because that's what happens when I get slow or fast is consequences with unbelievers. I walk in the love of Jesus Christ. And I don't care whether it's a believer. I don't care if it's an unbeliever. If I walk in the love of Jesus Christ, what's my relationship with God like? Ooh. Okay? If I walk in the love of Jesus Christ, what is my life like? And that's what we've been looking in. If I am spirit-filled, okay, remember what spirit-filled means? I'm being... My cells are filled up and Spirit is guiding me. But see, that goes back to being humble. Why? Because only in humility will you yield to the Holy Spirit. Because we all can tell Him what He needs to do. But if I'm Spirit-filled, I'm sitting there going, Amen, Amen, and Amen. And that consequence that starts with me. And that's what we're looking at here in verse 19. 
who do we sing to? I had some questions. Who do we sing to? Because if I'm spirit-filled, I'm yielded to the spirit. My redemption is my fuel and my energy. Okay? I remember on an airplane with a Muslim. I was opening my Bible and I'm reading my Bible. He asked me what I did and I told him. And And I said, what are you doing? He says... Uh, I'm going, I think, where was he going? Oh, he was, I was either Detroit or Newark. I was coming back in the country. He says, I'm going to go to one of those cities and I'm going to go sin. Cool. <laughs> At least you know what you're doing. And I said, well, don't Allah kind of frown on that? Oh, yeah. But I'll try to make it up. So I decided I was, Yo, dude, share with me the plan of your salvation. Okay? He couldn't tell me it. He says, when I die, unless it's through martyrdom, when I see Allah, I don't know if he's going to let me in or condemn me. I thought, man, can you imagine trying to live your life that way? So you might as well go to Detroit and sin. Okay? But we sing a song of redemption. There are too many Christians. And listen, I'm speaking to you guys. There are too many of you who do not have a joy in your redemption. Okay? You're going through the motions. I'm studying the Bible. I'm studying books about the Bible. You know, and I'm doing these things that I'm supposed to be doing. But I tell you what, I look at you and think, gee. If you're only going to spend eternity in heaven in the presence of God, what should be bumming you out? Health? (laughs) Really? I'm worried about it. I want a redeemed body. Why? I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's going to be a blast. That means more to me than things around here. And yet I can talk to some of you and you're more concerned about what's going on around here. I'm not. You know why? God's got it figured out, planned. He started it before the foundations of the earth. So, you know, who can stop God's plan? Okay? Now, there's some people making some statements that I pity. But you know what? I can't change them. Heck, I can't even change you guys. And about three of you like me. You see what I mean? So... I should be singing from the inside a a new song. A song that, yo, I'm saved. And we come together and that's what we do. We come together and that's what we do. Where does it originate? My heart. Why? Jesus is in my heart. And I've been strengthened in the inner man by the spirit of the living God. And I can know the fullness of God. And I can do exceedingly abundantly beyond what I can ever dream or imagine. And I mean, I just sit there and go, whoo. 
And he already has in my life. To whom do I sing? To the Lord. To the Lord. That's what we're working through. Listen, have you ever thought about this? I just want you to think about it. We offer our music to the Lord. That's what this text is telling us. When I sing, it's to the Lord. Okay? If it's coming out of a heart that is filled with the Spirit of God, I wonder if he applauds. Listen, I've been around some places in different conferences and different churches. I believe he applauded. Because you hear the people singing. And they're singing from a pure heart. They're singing from a heart that is filled with the Spirit of God. I've heard it in men's choirs. I've heard it in combined choirs. I've heard it in some special music. You just sit there and go, whoa, man. I was telling, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I like classical music. I know some of you said, what? I thought you quoted Jimi Hendrix and the birds. and th-. No, I like classical music too. Okay, but there's a guy named Christopher Parkey, and a guy plays classical guitar. Okay, and the guys, if you shut your eyes, you think, got to be a couple of guys up there doing this, because I don't think that one person can do this. But, and I think I give you his testimony. He said he'd go back out and tour again if he can give his testimony. And I mean, ever all the great, the Boston Pops, everybody wanted this guy. Come, 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 come. He, the guitar he uses is one of the crown jewels of Spain. And yet when you hear this guy, now I've had a chance to talk to him. He's really nice as long as you don't touch his guitar. But anyway, <laughs> let me play that for you. This guy has a passion for Jesus Christ that's amazing. And when he plays the guitar, you hear that passion for Jesus Christ. There's another guy, Jubilant Sykes. He's a baritone. He's actually an opera singer. You know, they, they introduce him. Every time I've heard him introduce, he says, Jubilant Sykes is going to come up and play his voice. And that's his real name. I asked him, is your name really Jubilant? Yeah, my mom named me that. Your mom had an insight there, brother. Okay? Because I have never heard, were you there any more magnificent than when Jubilant did it? I mean, you almost want to get down on your knees and weep. And and you just watch him. You're like, oh, I'm even got goosebumps now thinking about it. I've got the CD. I'll sell it to you for a very large sum of money. <laughs> Maybe he applauses when he, you hear the thunder. When we offer something to the Lord, we don't treat it as entertainment. I had a conversation with a man yesterday. He said, well, you know, I went to this church and he said, man, this, it was just borderline hard rock and them guys were good. You know what you just told me? It's entertainment. It's entertainment. What is the heart of those people like? I mean, Jimmy Page is a phenomenal guitarist, 
I don't think that it's the sweet aroma of Christ rising into heaven. Together to the Lord, our thoughts are gathered and lifted up unto the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we praise Him. And we even do that in our music. It's not entertainment. How much music do you hear in the quote-unquote church today that is nothing more than entertainment? We're all together. and We're all united in one way. It's not entertainment. We are being led to praise the Lord. A lot of the music that is out there right now does not lead that direction. Now, I'm not talking about secular music. I'm talking about music in the church. Or quote, music ministries. Okay? Where praise is to go, all the music is to be offered unto Him. Now think about that for a second. You just got done singing a handful of hymns. Okay? You did a good job. Okay, but let me ask you this. Was that singing to the Lord? Okay, see what I mean? When you sing, do you sing to the Lord? Or are you just, have I never invited oh, for a thousand or maybe 999 tongues to sing? My sweet redeem. You can edit this. <laughs> but do you see what I mean? Gee, many crickets. I sang with about a thousand pastors from around the world, Be Thou My Vision. And you just sit there and go, Oh. Okay? I mean, it's, it's astonishing. It's astonishing. And I love that. Let me show you a text. I just want you to know that I'm not making this up. I know you didn't think I was. I want you to think about something. The Lord loves music. You know how I know that? He created it. Okay? Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 11 and following. Okay, think about this. This is awesome stuff. The temple has just got done. They're all outside celebrating the construction, of what theologians call the Temple of Solomon. But it's the house of the Lord that David wanted in Jerusalem. They got it done. All right, here's what happened. When the priest came forth from the holy place, oh, I thought one, only one would go there. No, we're looking at the dedication of the temple. Because it says there, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without regard to divisions. Okay? Cool. Look what it says. And all the Levitical singers, Asphod, Heman, Judas, and their sons, and their kinsmen, clothed in fine linen, with cymbals, harps, lyres, standing on the east end of the altar, with 120 priests blowing trumpets. 
If you go through the scriptures in a very cursory way, you'll see God likes trumpets. We used to have a guy in our fellowship a long time ago when we were downtown. He played the trumpet. And every time he played, I'm just sitting there going, you know, God likes trumpets. But anyway. In unison. So that means the sons and the kinsmen with the cymbals, harps, and lyres and 120 priests blowing trumpets. In unison, when the trumpeters and the singers were to make to themselves heard as what? One voice. To praise to the glory of the Lord, they lifted up their voice, accompanied by the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music, and they praised the Lord, saying, He indeed is good, for the loving kindness is everlasting. Then the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. So you got 120 priests playing trumpets and other instruments. You got 4,000 voice choir. And they were one to make one sound. They were praising and thanking the Lord for the finish of the temple. They were right musically, but you know what else? They were right in their hearts. You know how I know that? Because the cloud filled the temple. It was the Shekinah glory. Well, it doesn't say it was the Shekinah glory. Yeah, we'll read verse 14. So that the priest could not stand to minister because the cloud was the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Why? The hearts were right. The music was exalting to God with thanksgiving and praise. And he said, I am here. I am here. I want you to think about that. I got another text probably in another week okay, that will freak you out on what music is unto God. But I want you to think about that. When you sing, it isn't, okay, which songs are we doing today so we can get to whatever so I can get out to lunch? When you sing, you're singing to the glory. Music glorifying God. And God responded by His presence appearing. And when His appearance comes, they couldn't minister because the glory of the Lord blinded them. You know, you can't read your sheet music if you... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people ask me, they say, can you read music? I say, yeah, if it's in English. I don't have any problem with it. In Revelations, they sing to the Lord, Worthy is the Lamb. Praise to God. All the music is always offered unto God. You understand what I'm saying? I don't sing for you. You shouldn't sing for you. You shouldn't sing to be heard by the person next to you. Some of you got beautiful voices. Just woo. Awesome voices. But you better be pointing them to the heavens. If you have talent in music, be thankful. But let me tell you something. I don't care what your talent is. If it isn't being raised unto the Lord, we had some kids in here. I don't know. On Friday, they do a homeschooler's music thing. 
and they were playing them little things that have, uh, I don't know what they are. They've got little plates of steel on them. And they ding, 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 ding. No, xylophone's that big old long thing. Anyway, it's just a, they're little bitty things you can hold them, ding, ding, ding. And they're teaching them um, notes. Okay? But they were playing Jesus Loves Me. Ding, 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 ding. And I thought, you know what? That innocent little child, hard innocent, the ding, 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 ding. And I thought, that's going up to God, and he's happy about it. The aim of our music is to glorify God. It was in the dedication of the temple, but it also is today. Our words then in our music should be biblical. Our words should reflect God's thoughts. Our words should reflect God's attitudes. And our words should reflect God's revelation. Let me tell you something. That is missing in a lot of quote-unquote church Christian music today. And you know what? I've heard some songs that are just flat out doctrinally wrong. Our words need to be right, but our tune needs to be right. Our method should always be honoring unto to God. So here's the challenge. If it's a worldly style, do you think God would want to be identified that way? Just a question. Just a question. It should be a beauty and it should be set apart unto the Lord. That is very clear. It's offered to God. Now the question that I have to ask you guys, what about us? When we sing, are we offering it to God or are we going through the motion? Is it spirit-filled? Offering to God our song. Will it benefit us? Well, it will affect you. If your heart is spirit-filled and the music that is going for is a heart that is spirit-filled, you know, it might bring goosebumps. It might be, bring chills. You know what? Sometimes it might even bring tears. There's one song that uh, Steve Camp did. It's time to worship. And every time I hear it, man, I cry. I can't help it. I cry. I've got the CD. I sell it too. No, <laughs> no I won't either. Um, there's occasionally when I'm here by myself, I'll come in and stick it in the CD back there, and I know how to crank up the volume on this thing. And I just sit there leaning this hole and go, wow. Okay? And it's been that way every time from the first time I heard that song to the last time I played it here a couple of years ago. Let me show you what music does. First Samuel 16. This is a fascinating text. Those of you who come on Wednesday night know that I'm dealing with 
Saul, David, Solomon, Naaman, and Jeroboam. It's an interesting text. One little verse, 16, verse 23. So it came about, this is fascinating. Whenever the evil spirit from God came to Saul. Do you hear what that said? An evil spirit from where? To who? See, Saul was uh, in God's doghouse. He had offered the work of a priest that he shouldn't have. And uh, Saul had been told, your throne won't last. I've picked another. And that's when Samuel picked David, young shepherd boy. And that's remember when David went out and uh, whooped Goliath. And uh, Saul says, I want him in my corner. He's pretty good. Okay. But God began tormenting Saul with an evil spirit. When that happened, you know what Saul's remedy was? David would take the harp and he would play it with his hand. And you know what would happen when David with the right heart playing music as praise to God? Do you know what happened to Saul? Saul would be refreshed. He would be well. And the evil spirit would depart from him. That's more than just kumbaya, people. David, the musician, would come and sing, and it would refresh Saul. It would make him well, and the evil departed. You know what happened when a God-glorifying heart lifted God-glorifying music to heaven? The mental would change the physical would change and the spiritual would change. It's not bad. Not bad. David offered to God and it affected Saul. Think about that in some of our music today. Can I say some of this music today? Changes the mental, the physical, and the spiritual? Not really. Not really. But I tell you what, when I heard them little kids blowing the ding, 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 Jesus loves me, it was like, wow, man, that was totally cool. Now, I didn't have an evil spirit from God tormenting me, but it still brought a smile to my face and a joy. Okay? So, when I look at this text back in Ephesians, Interesting. It says there in verse 19, speaking to one another. Remember, one another. We do it to believers. All right. It says, speaking to one another. Okay, you know what the word speaking in the original language is? La, 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 let, oh. You know what that is? Automatopoietic. You've heard it before, some of you. You know what it means? A movement of the tongue. Movement of the tongue. And it's fascinating to me because he says, speaking to one another, it just means sound. 
That's the little kids you hear playing. Any sound. It's used in the Greek to speak of the chatter of birds. It's used in the Greek to speak of the noise that small children make. I'm not talking obnoxious things. I'm talking about those when your baby's doing the gaga goo goo thing. Okay? It's automatopoetic. It means a sound. So any sound. I'll give you some illustrations of it. Revelations chapter 4, verse 1. And after these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard was like the sound of a trumpet speaking to me. Now, I don't know about you. I've never had a trumpet speak to me. But I've had heard the sound of a trumpet. I said, come up here. And I will show you what must take place after these things. It's a sound. There, it's a sound of a musical instrument. Chapter 10 of Revelations, verse 4. And then, and when the seven peals of thunder had spoken. Okay? The voice of thunder. Interesting. What is being said here in Ephesians? The spirit filled make a noise. All right? Remember the Old Testament? Make a joyful noise. All right? So when I look at this word speaking here in Ephesians 19... It's a pretty large category. All right? Here's the point. Any sound offered to the Lord from a spirit-filled heart in its right context. So we are speaking among ourselves to the Lord. Have you ever thought about all the incredible sounds God has created? I remember one time I back country skiing out of a place called Montezuma's with a, actually a Paige's first husband who is in glory now. And he hadn't been. He was dying. And I, he said, I'd like to go back country skiing. So I take him up. And we go up skiing. And you go back up through this valley. And I mean, the snow was on skis was breaking just below our knees. I said, Gary, you ever heard this? And he said, what? I said, listen. And he said, what? I said, listen. And you could hear the snow falling. Okay, just every flake hitting the ground, you could hear it. And I said, isn't that cool? He said, I've never heard that before. I said, no, our lives is full of noise. Until we get away from the noise, we hear the sound of the snow actually hitting the snow cover. Think about the incredible sounds that God has created. What would this world be without music? I can tell you what it would be like. I shared with you last week. 
judgment. Sounds can glorify God and sounds bring to his praise. But then the Apostle Paul gets a little more specific. Because remember, it says here, speaking to one another, la la leo, okay, onomatopoeic. But he also makes this statement, making melody. Making melody. There's two kinds. One is sing. See what he says there? Spiritual songs, singing and making melody. So there's two things here. Sing and making melody. Sing is with the voice. You ever thought about the voice, the human voice? It's kind of an amazing thing if you think about it. Listen, sing spirit-filled, and it doesn't matter whether it's a great voice or maybe not so great. If it's a spirit-filled heart, it's still to the Lord. The human voice, as far as I'm concerned, is miraculous. There's nothing like it if you actually think about it. The word singing is ado. It's used in Ephesians here. Uh, in Colossians and in Revelations. Sing with a voice, but sing spirit-filled. There's nothing like the human voice. Who created that? God did. Singing out of a spirit-filled heart glorifies God. Uh, Grace Community Church in California has a, a tremendous handicapped ministry. It is... It is amazing the people that work in the ministry. And I was sitting next to a young lady who was very, very, um, as Steve Roloff would say, gifted different than us. And she had just been baptized. And she, John Hasm gives their testimony when he baptizes them. And she had been baptized. And so I was sitting at the end of the pew and they brought her chair down and uh, she was there and she had this great big grin on her face because she'd been baptized. And I couldn't understand a word she said when she was giving her testimony, but the her counselor, teacher, discipler, whatever you want to call it, interpreted. And so now, poof, there she is next to me and it was time to sing. And she made these noises to sing. And you're sitting there going, hmm. But you could hear the joy of her salvation and what she was doing. I mean, it was awesome. And I'm sitting there going, she's singing better than me. And that's what it means to sing, singing out of a spirit-filled heart, that glorifies. Listen, we are to sing to glorify God. How many do that? How many gifted singers do that? The other word you have here is making melody. Now, I have run into some people. I have had the opportunity to be in different groups of different people. Some don't think that there should be any instruments in church. Okay? And I'm like, eh. 
I had people who had visited during the week. Remember when we had the drum set sitting over? You got drums? Uh, yeah, who plays them? Me. What do you play? In the Gata of Vita and Wipeout. <laughs> what? That's the only ones I know. Sorry, man. <laughs> I learned them as a young man. And it's like riding a bicycle. I can still... You know, I, I don't know. The word is solo. And the root of that word solo is to pluck. Okay? And it's used of bowstrings and to pluck a harp. Through the years, it came to mean play musical instruments. So there's two ways that we make sound to glorify God. One is with our human voice and one is with instruments. Okay? It's a new song of the heart. It's a new song of the redeemed. God can be praised by instrumental music. Did you know that? I've seen Christopher Parkening do it, and the guy, I've sat around guys, and they I can't believe he's doing that. I, said, I can't either. I mean, when he, you start changing the notes on your strings in the middle of a song, I'm sitting there going, guy's good, huh? <laughs> God can be praised through instrumental music. God can be praised by our voices. As long as the heart is filled. Even just the melody is, is enough. My, how God has created music. Why? To, to praise Him. And I, I think we miss that at times. I see people who blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there going, you know, that's supposed to be praise to God. We should be letting it fly, man. At the rapture, did you know there's going to be a huge, at the rapture, a huge trumpet solo done by an angelic host? God, I'm telling you, God loves trumpets. God is pleased with music that comes from instruments that are played by people from their hearts. Sing it out. I'll never forget that lady that was sitting next to me. And I have no idea what she was saying. But she was singing out of a redeemed heart and it was beautiful. And I mean, I found myself not wanting to sing. I just wanted to listen to her. Because the joy of her salvation, she had been just been baptized. And she coming up and she's going to let her go. And you just sit there and go, gee whiz. You know what I got from this speaking to one another? La la leo. But also singing and making melody. Okay, as long as it's a spirit-filled heart, it raises up to God. You know what that means? I can whistle praises to God. I can hum praises to God. 
You know, I think about some of these young children that in the innocence of being raised in the church, they they are singing unto God. And I, I hear that. When children do that, I thought, I thought about those kids a couple of weeks, a couple of Fridays ago, playing them little ding, 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 ding. Jesus loves me, this I know. I mean, I knew the song, the teacher was saying, G-H, G-G-H, and I'm sitting there, but you heard what they were playing, and you're sitting there going, oh, that's cool. Can I learn how to do that? Children, it's all praises to God. Why? Because music is a gift from from God. So, how do we use our music? Do we use our music to praise God? Because here, and I'll get into this next week, this is psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs with your heart to the Lord. I know I seem to be belaboring this, but God has shown me how neglectful we are. I'm not going to let that happen anymore. Music isn't just, let's see, what do we got to do here? No, we're singing unto Him. And when you sing, you should, don't worry about who's on your left, right, front, or back. This is for you, Lord. This one's for you. If your spirit fill. Listen, it's not volume. It's not entertainment. It is from a heart that sings a new song of the redeemed. That's what it is. God created it that way. Listen, Jesus is going to build a new temple in Jerusalem. He's going to have a a 2,000 seat choir, one on each side facing each other. I'm thinking that means something. Just a thought. Just a thought. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the human voice. Father, how miraculous it is, how magnificent it is. Father, I pray for Castle Rock Baptist Church that we are spirit-filled. That when we sing, we sing unto you. Thank you. Father, I thank you for people who have the ability to play stringed instruments. Father, that through hearts set up to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of music. Father, I'm thinking that judgment is the removal of music. So we shouldn't take it for granted. Help us to praise you with the right hearts filled with the Spirit of the living God. In Christ's name, amen.